It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, the sponsored listing CPG guy, and I love discussing brand loyalty, retail, and CRM. And my co-host, he's the enhanced product listing CPG guy, an expert at direct-to-consumer, retail media, and marketplaces. Please join me in welcoming the master of SCM himself, Shri. Shri, how you doing today? Awesome, Peter, and I'm so looking forward to have this conversation today with our special guest, and a pleasure to be doing this week over week with you. Thanks, Shri. And before we get to our guest, I will remind our audience that all of our content, including our series on profitability, our women's leadership series, and our founder series may be found by visiting cpgguys.com. And all the content you find there 
It's free. Also be sure to keep up with all of the content that we are amplifying by going to LinkedIn. In the search bar, enter CPG Guys. And when you get there, our page, just click the follow button. Right on to why we're here today. The collaborative relationships between brands and the retailers that sell their products are enabled with an assortment of third-party service companies. From advertising agencies to technology providers, these partners help brands succeed at retail. One major class of service providers are commonly referred to as sales and marketing agencies. Manufacturers, large and small, use them in a myriad of ways, from headquarters selling to retail execution to category management and beyond. As the grocery industry has moved into digital commerce, these agencies have elevated their services for brands looking to engage retailers. Here to speak to us about the evolving omni-channel retail marketplace and the services he thinks brands need to win in this market, please join Shri and me in welcoming the CEO of Crossmark, Mr. Chris Moy. Chris, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. We're really excited to have you here. I'm quite familiar with Crossmark, having worked with your company over the years in a number of capacities, both at a brand and a retailer. We're going to include a link to the Crossmark website in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode. Before we get started with the questions, Chris, would you please provide us with a brief overview of the omni-channel solutions that Crossmark is offering to CPG brands and retailers? Great. Um, yeah, you know, Crossmark's been around and is considered to be one of the traditional players. It's been around since many of these brands. It's got its roots back to 1905. Think of 1905. That was horse-delivered product to the store. It, there were no grocery stores at the time. So we are the B2B linkage, the operational guts between the CPG brands and the retail stores. We offer two basic services, one's in the sales area, and many of you are very familiar with our merchandising services, the resets, etc. We also do headquarters selling on behalf of our brands, and that could involve get me shelf space or get me online help me optimize the sales of that business. That's the sales side of our business, supported by important functions like order to cash and in it, insights and analytics. And then from a marketing standpoint, we do in-store events. Here, try my product. It's a very important, try my new product. Give me a, a try, give me a taste. And then we do experiential outside of stores. And then increasingly important as you you indicated in your question, omni-marketing, omni, the digital uh, efforts that go behind driving brand performance now is a big part of what we do. All right. Thank you for that, Chris. That's very helpful. Um, why don't we get on to the questions? Because Shri and I have some really interesting ones to talk about today. Uh, we know you're going to have some great answers. So I'll, I'll start us off with, since, as you mentioned, Crossmar. Crossmark is in virtually every store, which means you work with countless retailers and consumer packaged goods companies. From from your perspective, what are your thoughts on the dynamics of the current omnichannel grocery space? Uh, well, I think there's a 
famous quote that most people would have heard by now, which is along the lines of uh, change has never been this fast before, and yet it's never going to be this slow again. And that is certainly the case here in a, in a business like consumer packaged goods and retail. I mean, it was, it was only 1974, I think, when the first UPC code came out. But ever since then, this industry has really been the definition of big data. Uh, and now with some key dates, you know, really close enough to touch 2017 when Whole Foods was a comp, uh, was bought by Amazon. That's the online world coming into the brick and mortar world. And of course, with the pandemic of 2020, we saw all time highs of online commerce that happened, right? So we have really seen just an acceleration on top of a digital and exponential age. It's just incredible the speed that things are moving now. You know, you referred to the transformation of the industry. And uh, I did not know that UPC codes have only been around 26, uh, 46 years. That actually feels like just yesterday. And uh, speaking of transformation and this new shopper and the way she browses and the way she finds product, innovation, she interacts with brands. I've heard that Crossmark, which typically we looked at uh, in the industry for the in-store business model, is itself going through a metamorphosis to work towards digital transformation and understand that as well as be valued partners for brands. Could you tell us about what's going on at Crossmark and digital transformation and why Crossmark is seen in the industry as one of the more successful ones in that space? Yeah. Um, boy, I, I, again, I, I just feel so fortunate to be in this position right now. I mean, I came into this industry, which quite frankly, I didn't really understand all that well. I was in the CPG world, stretching back to the Nabisco years and the Jim Kilts turnaround, then going into Campbell Soup. I worked on UPC, RFID kind of stuff, right, to better track things back in around 2000s, right? And here we are fast forwarding into this age. What a difference. What a difference. So beginner's mind, I come into the industry not really understanding, asking a lot of questions, but there's a lot of data permeating, right? It's kind of like the fish surrounded by water. And I actually use that metaphor of what is water. You all have probably heard that one, you know, about you don't even, the fish doesn't even realize he's in water. You know, in our industry, there's so much data flowing around and it's accelerating that it became very apparent for me, particularly coming from my last five years before coming here was at McKinsey, where I, I was in large-scale transformation, particularly around digital disruption. Then I was recruited into IBM, where I worked on really five thematic areas that IBM had identified as game changers. And it was just a, such a fortunate situation to land here and say, wow, Everything I just learned in those two places definitely applies here. It's not even so much the Campbell Soup Nabisco old line, although that's, of course, very important, the category management, etc. So the fundamental objectives remain the same, but the tools, the data 
the analytics are so powerful now, it's really the time to actually be doing this. Can you talk specifically about Crossmark's approach to helping your brand and retail clients in e-commerce and digital transformation? Yeah, our, our focus really is on creating an easy button for our clients. And we are the operational guts behind the sales and marketing services that we provide between the consumer packaged goods brand and the retailers, be it brick and mortar or online. And in the case of e-commerce or what we call e-comni, the blending of e-commerce and omni-marketing, we, we basically do it all for them. We have content creation, content management, we do digital shelf optimization, and importantly nowadays, we help them manage the retail advertising that really makes a difference for them. So it sounds like to me, you've got great horsepower and great training. How does that translate into helping your clients do better at selling products? Yeah, so we, we start with um, how do we drive better profit for our prof for our clients? You know, smarter way to faster growth, and that growth drives profitability for them. And quite frankly, the biggest challenge that I think most are facing today is the onslaught of data. Big data is amongst us today. We talked about, you know, UPC's been around since 1974. And ever since then, data has just continued to build and it's building at an exponential rate. So we believe that clients deserve to have the power of artificial intelligence to make sense of that data and make it actionable. So Chris, when it comes to analytics platforms, there are quite a number of offerings in our industry. From your perspective, what makes Accelerator different than the rest? Well, uh, pure horsepower would be one. I mean, we actually have applied uh, greater than four, 500 CPUs, two, two terabytes of memory. We're running three machine learning modules. We have created a brand new data platform to provide these capabilities, right? Based on Azure cloud, right? We have analytics that drive all this as Power BI is the way that we serve that up to our, to our people who deliver results. And we've trained our people like there's no tomorrow because at the end of the day, I think often you know, there are players that have really, really good technology, but they're niche players and they don't actually integrate. What I think is really critical is man and machine. The tool needs to be leveraged by a person to drive value. You know, you referred to omni-channel, the integration of marketing, but earlier you've also explained what accelerators all this. Again, we're in the middle, as you've mentioned in question one, of this rapid transformation of the consumer, right? And I started to think about brands that obviously have become elite over the course of time, distribution and scale in a store model is what primarily uh, got them to the eliteness that they have. It's just the scale coming from hundreds and thousands of store doors, if not 20, 30,000 store doors plus. But now 
it appears over COVID, no matter what category you do business in, a, a big role for most manufacturers was e-commerce because a lot of the browsing, hunting for products, innovation, everything was online. What's your take on that, Chris? And then how's Crossmark really thinking about e-commerce and uh, approaching brands when it comes to the mindset of e-commerce? Yeah, it's almost like a microcosm of everything that's happening in a lot of ways, right? Because you think back about e-commerce only a couple of years ago was those guys sitting over there in the corner, you know, working on a little minor part of the business. And now you have major retailers saying that my main objective is to, to give me a transparent view across what's happening in brick and mortar and what's happening online. And then this is what we're trying to build. What is that unified dashboard that shows you where your ROI actually occurs? Now, this was not even a question that we were thinking about a few years ago. Again, here's a business that was rooted in 1905 and has been migrating in this direction. Not a digitally native business, which is like an Amazon. These guys are way out in front because they've been thinking all along around digital. Our challenge was to get to be more thoughtful about where the puck is going as opposed to where it's already been. Uh, I'd just like to ask you another one other thing. Chris, obviously you mentioned the fact that the industry thinks very often of sales and marketing agencies as those people that do store resets. And as you start to roll out these new capabilities, what has been your perception of the re reaction from the, the CPG community and retail community alike? Are they, are they hungry for this? Are they receptive? Are they, um, are they cautious? What, what generally has been your perception of how they're reacting to this transformation that you're bringing to, to a sales and marketing agency? Yeah. So I, I would say it's very similar to kind of any big idea, which is along the lines of a bell shaped curve. There are people that you could just say a couple of code words and they are all over it with both feet. You know, that's 10 or 20 percent. Then there's the early adopters that kind of pay attention and they're on it. Right. And then there's the people, the naysayers that are like, well, you don't understand. <laughs> You've heard that one. You, you, you just don't understand. This is the way the business is supposed to be run. And that typically is yesterday's business model. So I, I've experienced that both internally in our own change efforts but also in working with our partners, really. I mean, the key to our transformation is working with our partners to drive towards mutual objectives. So Chris, I'd like back, so Chris, I'd like to go back to that question. You know, Crossmark isn't exactly a young buck in our industry. You know, the Crossmark has been around for quite some time. You worked with some of the most legacy brands that exist and scale brands on planet Earth. You're evolving. What's your advice to legacy brands that are more in the offline distribution model scale? Like, how do you come into this modern world of the consumer that's so omni-channel in nature? What's your advice? How does one do that? Yeah, that, wow. Great, great question. Um, I actually think, um, you know, you start with the idea that large scale change, which is what we're talking about, is hard. Uh, 
And then on top of that, which makes it really much more challenging is in order to pull off digital transformation, which is the enabling technology and capabilities that you have to put in place, actually have the ability to change the way people work. In fact, you want to change the way people work and interact with that technology. That is the conundrum of digital transformation. It is what requires, therefore, a much more comprehensive approach to change than is typically taken in corporate America. Um, personally, I feel like I've been a student of large-scale change from my earliest days in my career. Um, I learned from Doug Conant some very good principles when I was at Campbell Soup about winning first in the workplace, then in the marketplace. In other words, the power of having the entire organization behind you, right, where you're talking about a service-based business that has differential needs with a diversity of people, right? So needs that vary depending on the combinations that exist. The complexity here is so high that you must engage the front line in order to make the successful transformation that's necessary. The problem is, what do they know? They know legacy. They know tribal knowledge. They know what's been passed on. What I found out was that did vary and does vary across the organization. That is the dirty little secret of most large companies is the consistency of the way that they operate, the processes are different the people handle them differently. And so there is a combination of new technology, new data and training of people to bring them along so that they can help actually design the new system. That's the biggest challenge of digital transformation. What that requires in, in kind is a test and learn mentality which is easy to say, but in reality, very few organizations actually put the success factors in place to make that happen, right? The reality is you have to admit that you don't know what the answer is as you get started. And most big businesses want to look at a book and say, what's the benchmark? Where have we done this before? What are the likely outcomes? What's the business case? And in this case, you don't always know all the variables. You need the frontline people and the technologists to work together. And we engaged well over 100 people. I mean, this is a massive effort that actually took us 20 months of time to put in place, arguably over the pandemic was a part of that, right? It was 1,800 tasks. 100,000 man hours, including outside partners to put this together. It's a massive, massive effort to put in place. So we went through a very structured methodology that was guided by what we call the Strategic Initiative Office. Obviously, that's, this is patterned very much like what I did at McKinsey. But the combination of Here's what works for change management, realizing again that bell-shaped curve exists. Some people are ready to go and some people are never going to get there 
you're playing for the middle. You got to get a critical mass of people to come over and believe this is the right thing to do. So there's a lot of change management that happens up and down and across the organization. And in our case, to build the mindset that we can think different, like Steve Jobs said, think different. That's hard to do, but we accomplished it by consistently going towards the goal of what do we want to be tomorrow, not rest on what we did yesterday. Hey, Peter, I want to just go back to that comment a little bit, right? Um, when you work with your partners, Chris, what, what, what are you finding in terms of the mindset in the middle of this transformation? I'd like to hear your opinion as well. Do you feel COVID has indeed brought about a marked change in shopper behavior when it comes to online and offline? Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's not even debatable that it, that's happened. Now, whether or not people fall back into old habits, you know, there's certainly, I forget how the, the proportions go, but there's something around how many times have I tried the new habit and then it becomes my new habit, permanent, and then how many people will slip back into old habits for whatever reasons, right? And maybe there's an age element to it. Maybe there's a technology element. There's a lot of drivers. It's very complex. But clearly, we're talking about a trend line anyway. The trend line is make my life easier, right? If you can get me products that I want delivered to my home easily, and I don't even have to get my checkbook out. Sign me up. Let's go. I mean, Webvan talked about doing that 20 years ago, right? The technology now is ripe. That's the big change that's going on, right? And the, the issue around partners, right? To me, we're, we are a full of a lot of innovators in this industry. I mean, some of our most important clients, some of our biggest, most sophisticated clients are our best partners. And I look at that as they are the most demanding because they are the smartest and they are thinking ahead. Where is the puck going and how do we have to get there? So when we engage in that kind of conversation with a partner that is really forward thinking, it stretches our thinking. It makes us better. Now, I don't want to hang around with the guys that want to talk about the good old days because those days are past. We're, we are clearly moving to a new paradigm and we're moving there very rapidly. And I think, you know, to me, we are establishing a new digital ecosystem. You know, one of the, the key ideas that I, I heard in that same podcast about the unified commerce was the idea that actually the best in class in retail or, you know, the leading edge in retail may not be in the United States. It may actually be in China. It could be in India, you know, because they're, they tend to be more digitally oriented because they kind of leapfrog the telegraph age. You know, they went right to the wireless phones, right? Not held back by legacy. And that's the reason why the fact that we're, an industry that typically was formed back in the 1900s. I mean, think about it. most people were on horses back then. 
never mind e-commerce, right? I mean, we've come a long way, baby. So, and then the last, as you said, Shreve, it's only been 46 years since UPC. 46 years. That's in our lifetime, my lifetime. Anyway, I don't bet you guys. But in my lifetime, UPC is brand new, the juicy fruit gum, right? I mean, that was invented and now it's ubiquitous and we're on to, you know, the better versions of that with the QR codes and the like. Yeah, with with the QR code being half the age of the UPC, that tells me there's so much more for that mechanism to go. But this thing, uh, Chris, I want to remind our audience that uh, all of our content, the podcast that we've recorded over the last year, Chris referred to uh, with Michael Zakor from Five New Digital, which talks about unified commerce. All of them can be found by just going to cpgguys.com or looking for us on your favorite podcast platform. I think we're on over 40 platforms now, Shri. I mean, you can ask your home virtual assistant and, and Alexa. So it's, it's really fascinating how, uh, how available our content is. So just do that. And also, we, we want your feedback. We want to be responsive to our audience and what they think we should be talking ab about. So to do that, just go to ratethispodcast.com slash CPG guys. Le honestly, leave us a, write us a review. Tell us what you're looking for uh, that, uh, or communicate with us on LinkedIn. But what we really want is you to tell us so that we're talking about the things that are of interest to you. And that ultimately gets uh, us into producing the most meaningful content for our audience. Chris, I really want to thank you for joining us today to talk about the transformation that's going on at Crossmark and how you are positioning yourself from the, for the future. I think it's really fascinating how you're investing heavily against that. Um, we're going to, as I mentioned, include a link to Crossmark um, corporate site in the liner notes as well as your LinkedIn profile. But thank you so much for joining us today. Remind our audience that all of the content that we produce at the CPG Guys, you can find that simply by going to cpgguys.com. You'll see all our audio podcasts, a list of podcasts we like to listen to when we're not listening to ourselves, uh, a link to our LinkedIn page, our Instagram page, our Twitter page. All of those are accessible. Just go to CPG Guys, and we want your feedback. We want this podcast to reflect what you're looking to hear and learn about. The best way to do that, go to ratethispodcast.com slash cpgguys, choose the Apple platform, and leave a rating and a review. That will be very helpful to us. Uh, I particularly want to thank Chris Moy for joining us today on the podcast. Seems like you've got some tremendous transformation going on at Crossmark to position you well for the future. We're very grateful to have you on. We're going to include a link to Crossmark's corporate site, in the digital liner notes of this podcast. But Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Sri, this was a great conversation talking about how a very traditional industry is transforming itself uh, and enabling brands and retailers that are moving into this unified commerce age to do so with with all due speed and and as minimal friction as possible peter what a pleasure chris i can't thank you enough for joining us and
talking to us about the transformation of our industry. Peter, what a pleasure doing this week over week with you. It's not a single, uh, not a single episode passes by where I don't learn something new. My big takeaway for the day, UPCs have been around for 46 years, which, you know, if you think about the relative scheme of life, our industry is actually pretty young. You know, it's funny. I remember being very young. Uh, I was down visiting my aunt and uncle in Alabama and they took me into a mall and, and they showed me a store that had UPC I had never seen this before in my life, and now I don't know how we live without them. But in any event, um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.